Action Park Media. Welcome back. It's Flashbacks. I'm Jessica Hall. And I'm Deanna Stagliano. All right, Deanna, last week I felt like I got a mini therapy session from you and I absolutely (laughs) loved it. But I wanted to touch on something that um, we were talking about on the way up here. And it's about meditation. And the reason why I bring that up is because I don't know how to, um, I think a thousand things go on my brain like it all the time. Like I don't know how to turn off. I never asked someone exactly what meditation was. I know that you just sit there and you kind of are one with your thoughts, but I, I'm never one with my thoughts because I'm a spaz. <laughs> but I see my brother-in-law Lane do it all the time and he's able to really turn his brain off and he could sit there and he's like the most happiest person. I think he, I think he's figured this out, but you were so, um, you educated me on it. Uh, now I I know a little bit more about just med- how you kind of get to that space, what you're supposed to think about, what you're supposed to do. And I love the show because we're on here. We always talk about our crazy moments. And I think back in my 20s, if I knew how to meditate for 15 minutes a day, I'd probably be like less crazy today. <laughs> so speaking of meditation, let's let's talk about because this is something new that you but started listen, doing. I think Lane is like a professional. Like your brother-in-law, I mean, he's just been doing it for some time and he's really good at it. And, and I, and I said this to you before, but for everyone listening, I believe meditation is like, it's a practice. Whereas like yoga is a practice and it is something I have incorporated into, I try to do in my daily routine every day. I was really apprehensive about it because I am like you where I'm just super busy. I, I, five times yesterday, I, I walked around my kitchen, the island in circles and was like, oh man, I knew I was going to do something. Oh wait, I was going to send this person a text. And then I got to my phone and I was like, who was I going to text? What was I going to say? Then I had to walk to the kitchen sink and I was like, oh yeah, that text to my friends to see if they're coming over for dinner. Then I go to my phone and I'm like, oh, I've got four emails. And I open up my email and I'm like, shit, who's I going to text? This is like a constant oh spinning in my head that I just do. Or like I have something that I'm doing for the kids and then I'm like, oh yeah, the laundry, I've got to switch it to the dryer and I'm making dinner, but like I need to make a map around the living room and do this. And you know, I'm glad you We're said just busy. that, Deanna, because there was a moment that I go, do I need to start doing like these brain activities or brain? Because <laughs> I do. I, I am forgetting so much. I, I Like you, I would walk into a room and be like, I knew I was going to do something. What? I, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of age or if it's because my brain's so busy or I'm not sleeping. I don't know what it is. I personally think it's a number of things, right? I think oh. the mom brain is very real where there's just a, a portion of our brain that like physically when you get pregnant, it just shuts down and it's like, hey, screw you. I'm not going to work anymore. Good luck raising these humans on your own. Uh, or or there's just like, we just become busy. And I believe that women in particular are pretty good at multitasking. Like it's women just a, a it's a, it's a special talent that we have, oh, if I'm being honest with no, everyone. Even my husband admits that. He's like, I couldn't do what you do. I'm yeah. Like, well, I mean, thank you. Think about it. We are juggling children at the same time, jobs, life, phone, whatever, you know, and I just, we do, we have a special skill. You men can thank us later because we keep you all put together, but still. True. Um, I, in the last year, have started doing meditation just because I want to just calm my emotions down from uh, dysregulating, I believe is the term that's used. Meaning like I want to like figure out how to like emotionally calm my body down because I have certain triggers um, that happen for me that will send me into a place of like just pure chaos inside. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never had anxiety in my entire life, but in the last year I've experienced a lot of anxiety and it's really scary if you've never had it. Yeah, I had a full on panic attack one day in the car and I was on the phone with Steven and thank God I was because I didn't know what was happening and I really thought I was dying. Like I wanted to call 911. Yeah. And I was ready to pass out. Now, I had the whereabouts to pull over on the side of the road, 
because I could see it coming on, whatever it was. But I seriously thought I was dying. I'd never had a panic attack before in my whole life, and I didn't know what it was. And truly, I was so thankful that Stephen was on the phone because he talked me down. He was calming me down. He was counting. He was telling me to take deep breaths because I didn't understand what was going on. And then when it was done, he was like, you had a panic attack. And I didn't know that that's what it was. And then the aftermath... You know, because now I can have some sympathy for people who struggle with anxiety or panic attacks and stuff because I didn't ever have it before. But I was really exhausted afterwards, like mentally and physically exhausted. I remember pulling up to work and I just felt like I was melting in my car seat because I was so physically drained from what had just happened. So anyway, I've been trying to add meditation into my daily routine. And for me, it is a lot harder than it sounds because I'm a busy person like you. I constantly have a thousand things going on, whether I have nothing going on or not. I'm trying to get laundry done or, or get the kids to school or whatever. And I, being on time is not my strong suit. So that starts me off on the wrong. You were on time today. So <laughs> I, I, don't was. Know, I don't know if you meditated today, <laughs> but it worked. It is something that I have been trying to work on. I'm, I'm looking inward and I'm trying to work on my things. And I have never, never been uh, an on-time person. So I, I tried really hard today. Um, so... Meditation for me, what it looks like is when I've been walking through things with my therapist is like we try to find something that feels safe to me, right? And and my experience is going to be very different from yours or anyone else's. And so you want to find a moment that you can go to um, and a moment that is not stressful, a moment that is not chaotic, just a moment that you can find a lot of peace. And even now while I'm talking to you, if you think of a memory that you have, whether it's from your childhood or if it's something with Kyle, something that you just felt really calm and full of love and joy and at peace in that moment, something that would just keep you from doing the circles in your own brain. I have a moment that I think of, and it's something that I share with my children and and a space in a room where I felt really calm and really full of joy staring at their beautiful faces. And I, I went through that moment and I could pick out everything in the room the color of the paint on the walls, uh, the photos that were on the walls. I can picture my children's faces laying next to me. I can hear the sounds of their uh, breathing as they're sleeping. I can hear Austin snoring. I can I can picture it right now. Okay. Again, I've been working on this for months, right? Okay. When I start to meditate, I go to this place. I try to find myself a place in my home that is quiet. It works really well when my kids are at school or if I'm on the road, I'm flying and I'm in a hotel room by myself. I can shut everything off in the hotel room. I'll have the air on so I can hear the air going, right? But I try to keep it pretty quiet in my room. I put my phone away. I'll look at the clock. That's the big thing. Yep. I'll look at the clock beforehand because I like to keep track of how long I'm able to do it because the first time you do it, it's really hard. Like I barely made it like 20 or 30 seconds before in my brain. I was literally like, okay, the dishwasher needs me unloaded. You got that load of laundry. What time are the kids picking up? What are we having for dinner tonight? Shit, I got to go to the grocery store. When I go yes. to Bonds, I can't forget the grapes. And then I caught myself and I stopped myself and I was like, holy shit, back to the room, back to the room. You know, I'm picking about four things right now and I'm talking to you. So I'm, I'm really interested and intrigued by this meditation. So keep going. Well, I will, I, I will just a side note, I will say that since I I have been doing this, I find that I am spinning less in my day-to-day life, meaning like I still go through my to-do list in my brain, but I'm finding that I'm more present even in regular moments. So like a lot of times when we're here in the studio, I am thinking about, okay, when we get out of the studio, I've got to go do this. I'm working tomorrow. I'm flying tomorrow, right? So most of the time, for example, I would be sitting here going, okay, what am I serving on the plane? Am I making scrambled eggs? Am I buying shredded tree- cheese? I've got to go to Whole Foods. Don't forget the chocolate syrup. I would be doing that. And 
really today, since we've been here, I have been rather present, even in my brain. I can feel, I feel that with oh, you. thanks. I do. So keep, keep, thanks. keep bringing this meditation on because I'm going to learn something today. Okay. So it's important to find you a space where you can be alone. It would not be very ideal to do it while Sophie and Jake are at home. Do you know what I mean? Because Jake loves yeah. you so much. He wants to be on you all the time. And there's no way you're going to sit there and be like, <sighs> You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Lane doesn't have kids. Of course, Lane can meditate for 30, 40 minutes at a time. He's yeah. children. You know yeah. what I mean? And he's so happy. And he's so happy. <laughs> so great. So I try to find a time in my day, and a lot of times it is during the week when the kids aren't at home. Or even if it is on the weekends, I have been finding that I've been getting up earlier than the kids, um, mostly because I want to have some time alone to myself before anyone else gets up in the house. Because, I mean, for those of you who have children and you're listening, like, you know, there is no smooth wake-up time for children. No. You're like sitting there having your coffee trying to hold your eyes open and your kids are raging at 6 a.m. Like as if they're at a nightclub. Like it's just, there's snow. So I've been trying to get up a little bit earlier than my children in the morning so that I could have some time. I like to drink my coffee in peace. I don't like to, to rush first thing in the morning. I've been trying to journal more and I can't do that with the kids because now they read and I don't want them reading my journal, what's going on. Um, so that has helped me a bit too. And then I will try to find my space in the living room. I, I keep the lights off and I just let the sunshine come in through the shades and I'll sit on my couch. And I'm not like, for those of you listening, I'm not like a yoga person where I'm sitting with my legs crossed and my hands all like in specific things and and like, mm, I'm not doing that. Okay, okay. To me, meditation is about myself and what I'm going through. So, so I, 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 I am. that a little. Okay, I so see, now that's off. That's I, know, off. I feel like most people, that's what they're thinking of. They're yeah. seeing, you, you're picturing what you see on t- television when someone's sitting there with their hands and they're humming and stuff. I don't do that. I'm sure people do, but that's not my part of meditation. So I usually find a quiet place in my house. I'm in my living room. I keep it dark. I keep it calm. And then I think of the same thing every time. And for me, it's the picture that I was describing to you earlier. I'm in a room alone with my children. Um, and I can picture, I, I walk through the, the places. And I'm doing that right now as I'm talking to you, Jessica. I'm walking through the places of this room. I walk into the bedroom. My children get into the bed. I climb in next to them. And you're going to appreciate this because you know this about me. I like really cold, clean sheets. I'm weird. With the faint smell of With bleach. With the faint smell of bleach. I know that. <laughs> you know me very well. But I, I, I walk through the steps. It's almost as if like you're walking down a ladder, right? You're, 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 you're looking at a ladder and you're clicking every rung on the ladder. You're putting your left foot on the ladder and then your right foot goes down. You feel the bar underneath your foot. You feel the pressure on your foot before you allow your left foot to go down. You move your left hand down the side of the ladder and then you bring your right. Do you yeah. see what I'm doing? Yeah, I do. So your picture can be whatever it is that you want, whatever makes you feel safe and at peace. It doesn't have to be your kids. It doesn't have to be your husband. It could be a ladder, whatever. It could be a tree. You're, you're, you're picturing yourself as a tree and you're feeling your, your feet press into the ground because they're firm and they're within the, the dirt and the roots are growing down into the earth and the earth keeps you grounded. Do you see what I'm doing? Yeah, I do. So I go through this room. It's a room that I, I shared with the kids over the summer, and I go through the room because I, I felt really joyful, really safe, really loved in that moment. And I go through this room, and I walk through every piece of the room. Now, when my mind starts to wander, and it does happen because I'm not a professional meditator, right? I'm, I'm still pretty new at it. Um, but when my mind starts to wander and I feel myself going into another direction where I'm like, oh, yeah, remember that laundry that's got to be done? I bring myself back to the room, and I start over. I picture myself on the bed. I look at my children's faces. I hear their breathing. I hear Austin snoring. I look around at the paint on the walls. I can picture the picture in the room on the left-hand side of the wall. I look at it. I remember how cold it was. It was nice and cold, and I love to sleep when it's cold. I can picture myself rubbing my feet against the crisp sheets. Like, I picture all of that to the point where I feel it. I feel the sheets on my feet. Now, when I'm doing this, I'm trying to block out the other thoughts. 
and I'm breathing at the same time, really deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, because those are meant to calm and regulate your system. And that's truly my, that's my desire, why I'm meditating. I'm trying to regulate my system from the chaos that I feel a lot of the time. So that's what I do. I, and then when I'm ready to be done, uh, sometimes I, I work myself out of the room. And sometimes I'm just done. Sometimes I'm like, okay, the laundry's still there. I got to so go. So what does that do, though? It, it sets your mood for the day. Or how does that make you just have a better day after meditation? Like, th- this is where I'm trying to understand exactly why meditation is so important. I get it if you can actually do it, like you said. Mm-hmm. Then what? Does it just help you, like, go throughout the day with more calmness? Or yeah. for like, yeah. the listeners that are listening and me, what does it do for you? So I think everybody has a different goal for themselves when they do meditation. Some people just want to set their day up for certain success. Some people just want to uh, feel that calmness. Some people just want to do the practice and be one with themselves before they start their day. Uh, mine, I've just had some trauma throughout the last year, so I am trying to regulate my my emotional system. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to stop myself from spinning out of control, dysregulating, get to a place of chaos, get to a place where I feel really anxious and I'm filled with anxiety, uh, get to myself from from stopping to like internalize uh, pain and trauma and things that I feel. I'm trying to stop that. Um, so when I do meditation, that's what I am trying to do. I'm trying to teach myself to regulate my own system. I am trying to teach myself to stop spinning out of control. I am trying to teach myself to stop allowing these really intense uh, emotional things trigger my entire body to not have anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Because we're all, right, like your emotional well-being, your mental health, it's all can affect you mentally, physically, your whole body, right? You can be tense. You can gain weight. You can have uh, anxiety. I literally would wake up every day with sweaty palms. I would feel like pure chaos all the time, like a crazy person. you wake up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if I woke in the middle of the night, I would wake in the middle of the night. Gosh, there's probably seven months that went by that I didn't sleep a full night. I would be up for four, five, six hours. Throughout the night you would be. Oh, yeah. I would wake up and it would start with a thought. I would be sitting in some pain that I was going through um, at the period of time. And then it would would transition to... Um, Oh, this this trauma feels so so bad. I'm really sad that this is happening. And then that would turn to, oh, I I feel like everybody around me is looking at me like I have a scarlet letter on my chest. And then that would turn to the bigger picture of like, nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants to be around me. No one knows who I am. It would just spin and spiral out of control, and then that would just consume me. So, and then I couldn't go to, I couldn't go back to sleep. So then you could imagine the lack of sleep, what that does to your body, right? Oh yeah. Then you are a crazy person because oh, you need I, if, sleep. If I don't, yeah. If there's nights where I, if I sleep less than five hours, because yeah. five hours would be amazing. It affects your oh, whole day, though. Through. Oh, it does. It so affects I, your whole I get day. What you're saying. So you had seven months of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some nights I would only be up for like an hour or two. And then I would just see some nights. Are you able to turn it off though? Like, no, I mean, now I am. Now you are. Now I am. So, so again, I, I, I truly, I believe in therapy. I, I, I'm an advocate for mental health. I think it's super important. Oh, um, I love therapy. I love therapy. Mm-hmm. I have been in therapy off and on my entire life. I, and I, I don't feel any shame in that. I don't feel any shame in asking for help. I go to therapy still to this day every every single week. And I was telling you in the car, I'm doing some um, EMDR, which is trauma therapy. Um, and it is super helpful. But also, I don't want to be this person that like 
I like my therapist. I can go to her and I can unload and I don't have to hinder what I'm saying or protect what I'm sharing because like I'm paying her. She's going to listen to me and I can be as bold and honest and blunt as I, as I want. And I don't have to worry about her feelings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But like if I'm having conflict with someone in my life or my marriage or where that I have to consider someone else's feelings when I speak to them because I can be a very strong personality. I can be really blunt in the way that I present things and say things. It's not because I want to hurt people. It's because I was never given the ability as a young adult to process in a softer way. It was a fight or flight for me my entire life. That's just how I process. So I love therapy. But anyway, I'm just learning all of these things through therapy. And so for me, my means of meditation is very different than, say, what yours might be or what Kyle's might be or Lane's, for that matter. Like, Lane's just living his best life. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's keeping his his zen all day long. And, like, so my means of meditation is probably very different than maybe some people who are listening to our show. But so for mine, mine is a way to regulate my system. I want to stop my place from going—I want to stop myself from going to a place of chaos. And I am sleeping much better. But, yes. Sometimes I would be up for an hour. Sometimes I'd be up for four hours. Sometimes I couldn't get back to sleep at all, and I would be up all day from like 2 o'clock in the morning on because oh I just can't gosh. stop the chaos that I'm internalizing. Oh, well, I'm I'm glad that meditation is working for you, and I do like the fact that I'm a little bit more knowledgeable about it now because, I mean, love my brother-in-law, but he is the advocate for so much of, you know, the self-care and the mm-hmm. goodness. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I look up to him in many ways, and I, I do. I love the fact that he is able to turn it off. And even my husband saying, live in, you know, just live with blinders. Like, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds amazing, guys. But uh, I admire that. I, I am not a blinder too. person. I, I feel and I love deeply. And like, I'm not a blinder person. You know, there's well, a lot of videos on- like the chaos of the drama. Of course, like, he doesn't get course. involved. He's just always like, you know what? He's just so appreciative of just what he has. He lives in that moment. He loves everyone. He doesn't, He's and I think maybe that's why I'm drawn to him because mm-hmm. he is just such a. Great he's a very person. calming person to I mean, be around. Very much, and even like, like he doesn't have very drastic ranges of emotion. Do you know what I mean? No. Like when you walk into a room, it's not like he's all, "Oh my god, hello, everybody," no. or he's not like, "Hey, everybody." Like Kyle's always a pretty even kill person yes. to be around. He's a very yes. safe person to be yes. around. I, like I, I can I, see I, why I you. I was just going to tell you, you can Google YouTube. Like if you can't find means of meditation on your own, like you can't calm your brain, there are a lot of really great videos out there that can walk you through the moment of meditation. You could literally sit in silence and listen to someone. And when you start to find your mind matter, you literally in your brain catch yourself and go, shit, fuck, listen to what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, So there's this app I downloaded <laughs> and it's more about, I use it for my kids, but also there is a, another side to it for myself. And it's it's called the Calm app. And it does like story, like really calm, like whoever these voices are, I swear I want, I want those people in my head, but they were like the most calming way of reading a story to your children to help put them to sleep. Um, so like when we're traveling and stuff, I would do it. I see that ad in my Instagram all the time. Uh, you know, I they must, it. I'm telling you, my, my phone knows what I'm oh, going yeah. through. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yes, it does. But I was a sucker and I bought it. So um, there are ways to help you kind of a woman like talking like in this like British accent and you're just so like... It's something about her voice that you really listen into. And I found myself listening to it one night to go to bed. I was up in my cabin and uh, my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and my husband were out playing cards. And they were kind of loud. And I'm like, oh, I need to sleep. I need to sleep. And I use this app and this lady in this British accent is just talking to me and like very nicely. And I just passed out. I was like, that was amazing. Yeah. If I could just go to bed every night with that, like, instead of thinking, okay, I need to do this. I got to do that. Oh my gosh, I forgot to email this. Blah, 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 blah. It is hard to like train your brain to like, Turn off for a minute. Yeah, 
Well, and we also all have the habit of like when you can't sleep, what is you pick up your phone? Like that was the first thing I was doing when I so couldn't I sleep. I stopped doing that. I know. So I would lay in bed for like an hour, and then I would be like, "Well, screw it, I'm up," and I would pick up my phone, and I would, I would either journal, write it in my phone, and keep things in my notes section, but the light. or I would scroll, or yeah. But they say it's super bad. Um, I wanted to ask you when you're in therapy, how um, do you ever notice the the tone, the voice that your therapist uses? Very soft. Yeah. Very even killed. Yeah. yeah. She probably doesn't, is a she or he? I don't know. She. she probably doesn't raise her voice. Never. Well, no, she did the other day and I was like, ooh, I like you. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was so angry at something. No, she wasn't angry. They're always perfect. But um, no, she had a, she felt passionate about something I was saying. Yeah. And it was nice to see. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, you're a real person. But they, uh, they do. They know yeah. what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When, when they bring you in there, they're trying to get you to talk and share and describe things, but they're trying to make you feel safe. Yeah. And you know how you don't feel safe is when you're with a person who is yelling or screaming or super loud or very flamboyant or very in your face. You don't feel safe off yeah. the bat with people like that. But uh, that's why yeah. your therapist, now you know. I mean, I'm not all smooth talking. Guys. <laughs> Deanna, how are you making this a second episode about therapy now? You could write me a check later. Oh I my mean, gosh. you could just Venmo me. My fee is $125 an hour. That way I can pay my own therapist. <laughs> I mean, last week I talked about panties in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I do like opening it up though to our listeners and also on our social medias. I know if you guys both follow us, I, I like hearing your thoughts and what you want us to cover because we are open books here. And I think that's such a great um, thing about flashbacks is we clearly talk about our past. We all have a past and we have some uh, glory days for sure. I mean, Dion and I, just our reality <laughs> TV days and Playboy and I mean, my gosh, the party scene. And did you ever get paid to do, like, promotions, like go to clubs and do signings or just show up at bottle service? Yeah, I did. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, I think what? about Nobody that. Nobody cares about us now. I know. I know. <laughs> I remember thinking that, like, right after I was done on The Bachelorette, like, going across the United States. I mean, really, it was Las Vegas, Boston, Miami. I went to all kinds of places, literally to, like, be paid and, like, sit in a club. Now, it feels kind of stupid now to say it. Like, what kind of world was I really living in? But also, like... That was the easiest money I ever made. Like $5,000 go sit in a club on a Friday night and get bottle service and bring like eight of my hottest girlfriends. Whoa, you got paid way more than I did. <laughs> I shut my tits and I still had to. Just, <laughs> you know what's funny is like people think like you did Playboy, so you're just like this crazy person that's always running around naked in your youth. No, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case at all. But uh, when we did do uh, club promotions... Um, we would go to spring break every year in Cabo or Cancun. That was so much fun, but we had rules. We weren't allowed to drink, you know, and it was also hard because I was the age of watching all these college students there, and I was a little jealous that I was like, oh, I should have went to college. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't be posing for Playboy. Is, is that but, because you were representing the Playboy brand? Yeah, I think, you know, because we can't sit there and get, I mean, you can't be wasted signing photos or, yeah, Playboy still had its, you know, its caliber of women that were, we can't just be like shit-faced. You know, so no, we weren't allowed to drink at all. No one hosted me at a club and they were like, here's your bottle of vodka. No. Don't get drunk. No, but we still, there was like eight of us. So we would go, we would have to go to the club. We would do a signing at the beach during the day. We would pass out Playboy swag. We would take photos. Like it was like a legit. That's a long day too. It was a long day. But the hard part was, is all these college students, I'm the same age as them. So the girls weren't that kind to us, you know, because the guys wanted to come over and you'd hear like, I mean, girls are Girls can be mean. Girls can be mean. And they'd be, ah, oh, she's not that pretty, or oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, just sitting there, just having to sign my picture for them. Like, here you go. Thanks so much. Like, you know, <laughs> it was not as crazy as what people like to think. And don't you ever feel that way, you being on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette? Like, people have these, like, preconceived 
you know, feelings about who you are and what you represent and what you do. I mean, well, I think that I've, I've gone back and forth about this uh, several times. So, so well, so many things. I believe what I think the flashbacks listeners really appreciate about the two of us is that we are very real. Like, I mean, a lot of our episodes are really funny and we have a lot of funny guests on, but then some of them are just what today is or last week where we talk about really you know, raw and real things. And I, that's my love-hate relationship with social media, too. Uh, um, and we we both said this morning, you, you don't ever, like, announce on social media that, like, hey, my life is going through fucking hell right now, so please think about me. You just, people tend to portray that they're having and living the best life ever through social media. Well, you pick and No choose. one announces to people that, like, I'm going through a really difficult time. You don't, and, and I think about that because a lot of friends, when they're going through tough times, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I, just, I didn't know. But here's the thing. You don't walk up to people and go, holy shit, my life is a fucking mess right now. I'm, like, dying on the inside. You don't. I mean, some lead people off. do post that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but you just don't yeah. lead off with that. Like no yeah. one, no one leads off with like the pure like shit that's going on in their life. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I always think about this when you do reality television, or like for you when you did Playboy, and you've done reality television and stuff. There is a piece of us. You choose this lifestyle when you go on television. You become, you know, a podcaster. You become Playboy, whatever that looks like. There is a piece of you that signs up for. For the for the for the opinions of others, do you know what I mean? Like there is a door that is welcomed, yes. and I understand that. Right, I do. I mean, I mean, kind of, because when I first started doing it, there was no social media, so I didn't really think there would be this big platform Same. where people can just pass judgment or say what they want. Or and you know, like you said, I I have a love hate for sure for social media. I love the fact that we can connect with some great people. Mm-hmm. I love that we can advertise the show. I um, love to make funny reels. You love to do recipes. Like there are a lot of good parts about yes. it too. But yes, I get what you're saying. Like no one's going to post like their worst day or, right. you know, there's so many memes about that too of like people like literally with crazy filters and they step out of it and people are like, that's the reality of this and that. So I really love that you are touching on social media though, because I think a lot of people have these images in their brain that everyone's in this perfect, healthy life, and there's so many people that are hurting behind, but I just, I wish people kind of knew. Yes, people are having a blast, and people are sharing their wonderful moments, and that is fantastic, but it is nice to hear you say that, but you don't, you don't, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Why are we trying to do sane so much? You know <laughs> no, what I mean? I really cannot figure out a sane. It's not. But life isn't always perfect. It's not even close to that. No, and it's, it's no. nice. And I love how open and honest you've been the last couple of episodes about that. So it's really cool. Um, but you said earlier, you said earlier that when you do certain things and you put your life out there, people have this preconceived notion of who they think you are or what they think your life is or mm -hmm. how you do your own life. And that's the thing with, you know, going on radio, going on television, having a platform like Instagram or TikTok where you share so openly is that you still truly don't know people for who they are. You know what I mean? People can still go on Instagram and have a preconceived notion of who they think you are. People will look at you and think they have a preconceived notion of who they think you are just because you did Playboy 20 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Why did you have to say 20 years ago? Wasn't it 20 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> I was on The Bachelorette like 15 years ago. It wasn't 20, but, but it was even close. still, when I did television, when I was The Bachelorette, people had a preconceived notion of yeah. who they thought I was the way that I was edited on this television show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I looked like this desperate girl that all she wanted was to fall in love. And like, listen, I'm a, I'm fun. I'm yeah. pretty funny. 
And that's why Stephen always says, you know, I know we mentioned this in the last episode. He's always like, oh my gosh, can you believe that at one point in time you were the most eligible woman in America? Because there is so much more to me than that girl that they showed on on television. I am strong. I am confident. I am willful. I am kind. I am gracious. I'm funny. I'm fucking funny, man. I'm really funny. (laughs) And that show (laughs) did not portray my pure funniness and how funny I can be. No, because it's an agenda. Like, everything is already done before you probably even knew what you were doing. They already had this whole idea. Deanna's going to be the next Bachelorette, and this is how it's going to happen, and this is how it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much, you have, You had no choice. Yeah. But sometimes that's how social media can be too. And honestly, that's why I like coming in and doing the podcast because much to my pain, y'all, Jessica does not like to plan the episodes out. And Never. she is very good on, on the cusp of things because I, you've done radio for years. And even walking into this, when I hopped on with, on flashbacks with Jessica, I kept saying like, I don't have any any kind of like experience in radio and podcasting. I've done a ton of podcasts and been a guest on the show, but I've, I've never led a podcast. Now I have done some hosting and I have done things with various television shows, but like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So I am a planner y'all. Like I like to at least kind of feel like what we're going to talk about, or I like to, when we're having a guest in, I like to know who they are and kind of where they're coming from. And I like to think of things that I want to bring up in case there's dead space. And Jessica is the polar opposite of that. And I so <laughs> admire that because she can walk into a studio and not even be thinking, we can have a, a, a like a completely different conversation in the car on the way here. And then she can pop into the studio and be like, oh my gosh. So anyway, this is uh, flashbacks. I We're here today. And yesterday I was thinking about chugging this Bud Light. And when I did, it took me back to my uh, spring break years. And then it just leads into this whole other conversation. And I admire that. I don't drink Bud Light, Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, Tiana, I love that you're you're pointing all this out because when you first came on, yeah, you were like, oh my gosh, um, you know, Deanna, Heather Ray was the co-host before Deanna. Deanna's been on now, obviously, for over a year and you're killing it. The fact that you wanted to plan everything out, you were so like, I Jessica, did it just what are we before this episode, Jessica. I said, what are we going to talk it. about? And you said, no, we're not going to do you're that. You're so much better than you give yourself <laughs> credit for because she, you come in here, you speak so clear, I mean, so much clearer, more clear than I do. I mean, I fumbled my words more than anyone I know, but I do like the show the way it is because it's authentic. It's real. I mean, you say what exactly is on your mind. We don't edit it. And yeah, we probably, I should probably prepare a little bit more, but I don't like that. (laughs) No, no. You know, this is like a safe space and coming in here just makes me so happy. And I just get to, you know, you can't talk all this on social media. Like I'm like literally a one sentence type of person on social media. I'm not the best at explaining my feelings or what we're doing exactly this or that. But when I come in here, I'm like, oh, you know. But I genuinely like to read the comments when people, when we post our videos, our small clips, and people listen to the episodes. I genuinely like to read the comments or the DMs when people write to us and they say- Oh, I read that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But I just, I like to hear that, that people enjoy hearing us talk together, that people understand that we have a pretty good- um, What's the word that oh, I'm gosh, looking for, Kira? Or it's not a chemistry. Saying. Chemistry, dynamic. yeah. Okay. We have good chemistry. We have good chemistry. Um, or that people relate to the topics that we're discussing. Do you know yes, what I mean? Of um, yeah, we talk about a lot of things that we did in our past, but we also talk about a lot of things that go on nowadays as parents or where we've come from or where we've grown. And I just appreciate hearing that there is a whole world of people out there that relate to us and our experiences and what we're going through and how we don't shy away from, from difficult topics. Yeah. You know, whether that is keeping your marriage alive, sex or children or school or our own, right? Still feeling like we have a peace in this world. You know, we are, right? I am a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm all of these things. But there's also 
I'm an individual and I mm-hmm. have things that I like to do on my own and I have dreams and I have things that I want to want to achieve in my life before I'm God, before my boobs just hit right at my waistline. Just get a boob job like me. Yeah, the jeans are getting <laughs> higher and higher these days. And I keep finding that the waistline is getting closer and closer to my chest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or is it my chest is getting closer and closer it's to my crazy waistline? <laughs> to think about what my boobs have gone through. <laughs> you know, there was once where they were so amazing that they got paid for it and then they got sucked the light life out of for like three years by children. And now they're great to being beautiful again. Yeah, wait, wait, know? wait, wait. You're not 40 yet. No. Soon, very soon. I am in the world. A lot of great things happened when I turned 40, but I have also graduated into the phase of needing a mammogram. Have you ever had one? No. I have to have one. Well, yeah, like I will soon. Yeah. Okay, why are we talking about this? Well, because I, f- I feel like there's one thing to like go into the gynecologist, and I cannot think of a, a more uncomfortable situation. I know, now I'm thinking like... Yeah. Having a woman or a man, whoever your gynecologist is, f- talk to you casually. I always find this situation very— My gyno very... told me I should probably do that. I just had an appointment, and he's like, you should—he wrote me a thing for a mammogram. He's like, you're close enough. Just go do it. Yeah. And I, he wrote it for me, and I'll, I haven't done anything since. I made an appointment, and I totally did not go. Because <laughs> I woke up that day, and I was like, I'm just not into, like, having my boob out in front of people and smashed in between a machine. I'm just—I'm just, I'm just I not going to go. I'm like, gosh, is that going to ruin what I just did? I <laughs> But it's true. You think about. I had a boob lift, and it's I, I talk about it, clearly. and they look great. Yeah, and I needed some. I need a little, you know. Talk about a help. more uncomfortable situation. Like my gynecologist, I've been seeing her for a really long time. She's birthed both of my children, so she has seen me in every way, shape, or form. But there is something about when I walk in and she's just casually rubbing my boob down and just like talking about the weather. I'm like, fuck, this is so uncomfortable. And I'm just like staring at the ceiling. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. And then even while she's doing Oh, yeah, even worse. Oh, I love him though. He's just, oh my But even when they're doing their pap smear, is he just like catching up and shooting the shit? So how's your golf swing? I am the most uncomfortable person in the world. Like when it comes to like, (laughs) you know, another thing people think because I did Playboy in my early years that I'm this like free for all. Like, hey, no, I am very modest about like what I wear what I do, like how I present myself. So when I'm in my gynecologist and he's like, I make the dumbest small talk where he he's uncomfortable. <laughs> like, he's like, why are you doing this? Like, it's so, yeah, I'm really awkward. I'm, I'm really awkward. So and then when I. they're all done and they pull your little sheet back down over your legs as you're laying there with your vagina in their mm-hmm. face and she's like, so, slapping her gloves off. Do you have anything else for me? And I'm like, no, I want to get the fuck out of here and put my panties on. I want to leave as soon as possible and get out of this situation. Or when they ask, like, is there any changes? Are you still, I'm not going to, I'm going to spare some people the stuff he asked. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm fine. What? Huh? And he just looks at me and I, I seriously think he, like, when he sees my name on, like, the, the schedule, he's just probably like, okay, I need to prepare for this. Thank God it's once a year. I mean, I'm at least once a year. I realize some people might not have the luxury, but I'm once a year and I, and I do, I dread it every single time. But now I have to graduate to the mammogram. Because it's like they say, once you're 40, you just have to do it, I think, is the thing. And so now I've been putting it off because I've heard horror stories of women saying how they take your boob. And someone just, like, manhandles your boob as if it's not attached to your body and slaps it in this machine. And then they got to smush it like a pancake. How does it not? I just keep thinking of my implant. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know what to say right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. um, And then, 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 like, how do you not do that? Like, so so say we're we're sitting from here to, like, where Kira is behind the window, and and she's just staring at my boob being smashed in a machine, and she's just like, so, do you listen to the Beatles? What do you do? And I'm just, like, standing there with my boob in a machine. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. Do you want to know an embarrassing moment about my boobs? So when I went to see my doctor 
uh, for a consultation for, you know, a boob job. And I never had surgery before. I never even knew. I didn't know if I wanted a boob job, but I just knew I wasn't happy. And and I just got done, you know, I breastfed my 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 kids, my second kid for two years, like straight years. And they were not, they were not looking good. And so I... <laughs> Granted, it's been six months since I breastfed, so I go into this consultation, and he's sitting there, and I'm with my sister because she was, you know, thinking about getting them as well. So he's kind of, like, taking my boob and kind of, kind of like, trying to adjust it to show me, like, how high or, like, what would, you know, because there's so much excess skin from being stretched out with babies. So as he's kind of, like, adjusting me. Oh my god, my boobs started leaking, and, and my <laughs> sister looks. Up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" And my sister goes, "Ew, gross!" And I just remember that moment of being like, "This is the most non-hottest thing in the entire world." Like this doctor is this. I I've never been so. Well, no, I've always I definitely have triumphed at you know being embarrassed, but it was at that moment that I was like, "Wow!" And I didn't even know what to say. He's like, "When did you quit?" And I was like, six months ago." I don't understand what's going on because it's basically like, "Are you thirsty?" Oh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh my gosh! One more thing about that since we're on that topic. <laughs> I was so I'm sometimes I'm an awkward person and I say things that I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I wish I never said that." Uh, more of just the embarrassing, embarrassing moments. I was in an audition. I just had my first kid, and she was like three weeks old. So my husband and the baby were in the car, like waiting for me as I was going into this audition and it was for hosting and I was sitting there just you know sometimes these castings take longer than expected and I was you know texting my husband like okay I'm not done I'm not done but I could feel like you know the let down when you're you know breastfeeding and it, for those I, of you I who have feel, never had it it's like this burning sensation yes. it's kind of hard to describe but it is this burning sensation and you know the second it starts it like starts at the top of your chest and it works its way down to your nipple and you fucking know it's coming yes and it is coming out so it I'm, doesn't stay in no and i am new to this whole being a mom baby breastfeeding all of it so i have this like Thin, like, tank top on with a bra, but I didn't have any of those, like, pads or, uh-huh. you know, uh, the little things that you can help just catch the leakage. So I go into the casting room, and it's really warm in the casting office, which is not good, by the way, for breastfeeding. doesn't help with the letdown. <laughs> and um, I'm in there, and I was doing the hosting audition, and there's mostly men in there. And I don't know if there was a woman. I, I really hope there was, but I, I don't remember. Um, and I look down, because I can tell they're staring, and I was like, they're staring at my tits. And then I look and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm straight leaking. I remember this so well. And I just just remember looking up, and they were they were all, like, drinking. Some were drinking, like, coffee. Some had whatever. And I, to be honest, so embarrassed I'm even admitting this. I was like, well, you want some cream for that coffee? I'm not lying. I said that straight in my audition. See, I think that's funny. As if they wanted they cream remember their coffee. audition. No, I did not get that audition. You didn't? Not even a call back. <laughs> Nothing. They were but just, I guarantee you they remembered you. Oh, I'm sure they did. But I just remember being like, oh, my gosh. Like I just felt – it wasn't a good feeling. I wasn't laughing. I wasn't anything. I walked out of there just being like, what did I just say? What is going on with my body? <laughs> what is this? Like so many emotions just like coming through. But I literally, yes, in an audition I was leaking and I offered the casting agents cream for their coffee. <laughs> So, I mean, the purest form my of half and half. The see purest form of half and half, I would have totally taken it. Uh, that's just expensive, you know? <laughs> it is. Like, people that do crossfitting and stuff like that, they buy breast milk. Oh, I thought we were talking about half and half. What are we talking about? <laughs> but, but people are buying breast milk? You don't know that? A lot of the crossfitters, the crossfitters, like, they, like, it's something to do, you know, am I making this up? No, I'm not. 
I don't know, but I would no, surely hope for you guys milk. out there listening you that you are not, not purchasing breast milk to drink for your personal benefit. I'm almost positive I am right. <laughs> oh God. I don't even know how to follow that up, Jessica. I'm never purchasing <laughs> anyone's breast milk for my coffee, hey, for myself. I was like an overachiever with my breast milk, and I was very fortunate and very blessed. I felt not, uh, great that I could do that, but I donated so much of it because I had no idea what I was doing. It was just like she wasn't really latching that much. I had mastitis like twice. I mean, it was hell. And I just remember being like, okay, I'm going to give. I had the bags, the freezer bags of like those little Medela. Oh, oh gosh. I'm getting like twitches. Thinking I was about breastfeeding it. my children at the same time that Kim Kardashian was stealing Kourtney Kardashian's breast milk on her television show and putting on her legs for psoriasis. And I thought, no, what world are we living in? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was giving it to babies in need. <laughs> like, I really You were doing the right thing. Yes. But it was... I mean, the whole motherhood, everything, becoming a mom, like no one really, you can't prepare. No one tells you, like you could read and think you know what you're doing, but oh my goodness, it is like, you just figure it out. Yeah. And you stop doing castings three weeks after giving birth. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm trying to, I'm, anyone that's about. I like embarrassing stories. This and poop stories make me very happy. Poop stories? Poop stories. Oh my gosh, I ever tell you about Kyle. Oh, gosh, this is so bad. Okay, so we have a few minutes left, so I'll leave you on this. And Kyle doesn't – he doesn't support me, so he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> I told him the other day, I was like, have you heard the podcast lately? He's like, no. I was like, thanks for the support, buddy. But since he doesn't, and now I hope he doesn't, I'm going to tell you a poop story about Kyle. So him and I were only dating about a year in, and uh, I flew to Minnesota for his friend's wedding. It was like 2004, maybe 2005. Um, it was October. It was, you know – the fall in Minnesota, absolutely gorgeous, great wedding. And he said earlier, like, his stomach wasn't feeling that well, <laughs> but, you know, he just was hiding it because that's who Kyle is, never lets anyone know that he's not feeling well or, you know, doing not okay. And he was still dancing, having a good old time. And he later on, he was like, oh, I'm starting to feel better. I was like, that's great. You know, I just remember drinking and, oh, my gosh, so much fun. We went back to the hotel, and I ran the bath, and, um, you know, he comes out. And Kyle, like, back in the day, I mean, still looks great, but he was like— ripped to the core like he had this like beautiful body and he like takes his clothes off and I look over I'm like oh he's getting in the bath okay this is this is cool and then as he gets closer I'm like what the hell is that oh (laughs) stop it and closer he had a big it looked like a big patch of mud on the side of his thigh inner thigh (laughs) he's gonna kill me (laughs) he is going to kill you (laughs) Kyle shit his pants (laughs) no well clearly it stuck to his leg so even worse and I just remember (laughs) looking up at him I go do not take a step foot in this bath get out what are you doing there is shit on the side of your leg I have never seen him now it's funny because it's been like you know 18 years and we make jokes about this all the time but he had us as like a literally pack did he know that he shit his pants he had no idea zero idea (laughs) and the weird part is is how did it even get on the inner thigh like that I mean it was like it looked like a patch of mud like it was so maybe his pants were super tight I don't know. <laughs> that it was, was so gross. I just remember him being like he thought he was all sexy, and I was like looking. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then he gets closer. No, no. Oh, uh, so did that make you happy? That poop story. I like poop stories. You did. I like, and that's I a flashback that, that I'm not going to be able to top today. Like that was a that was a perfect flashback. I've told my poop stories on here before. You have. You have. Um, I have some good ones. You have, but that's because I can't. I can't poop in public. So. I, I usually put myself in a position to shit my pants. Okay, so. wow. This uh, show <laughs> was going from hot to not. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is Flashbacks. I'm Jessica Hall. And I'm Deanna Stagliano. Mm-hmm.